CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on this Friday afternoon. The guys are getting ready behind me. And while they're doing that, here's what's coming up on the show. Tesla shares haven't gone to ludicrous speed in months, and the charts are pointing to more pain ahead. We'll explain. Plus, how would you like to make money on Apple if shares go up, down, or nowhere at all? It's actually a simple options trade, and we'll teach you how to do it ahead of earnings. And Square shares have been flat, but options traders see a huge move ahead, and we'll tell you how to profit. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. Let's get to it because next week it is all about Apple as the tech giant reports earnings after the bell on Tuesday. And the stock's price action has been pretty, well, rotten of late. The stock's sitting in correction territory, down 11% from its recent highs as concerns mount over iPhone demand. Apple losing nearly $100 billion in market cap since that March high. The options market expecting the stock to see a 5% move in either direction following the report. For those doing the math at home, that's a more than $40 billion market cap swing. So if you own the stock... How should you play it heading into the event? Let's get into the money right now, Dan. Yeah, so like you said, Mel, the stock has not acted well. It's actually down in the year. It's really underperforming the NASDAQ, and it's been pretty controversial over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think late last week, a high-profile analyst dramatically reduced her iPhone unit estimates for the June quarter. Not the quarter they're going to report, but for this next quarter. Consensus on the street was $43 million. She was at $40 million for Morgan Stanley. She guided, or she cut her estimates to $34 million. That will have reverberations across all of their other businesses that are growing faster because when you think about their user base declining so but here's the thing right so a lot of analysts come out and do this when they actually finally cut maybe their guidance it may be kind of in the stock when they reported their last quarter back on February 1st the company guided or they said they were going to give further guidance on their capital return they're going to go uh, basically cash neutral with their debt pile they have about 165 uh, billion in net cash. That could offset some of the bad news. What that leads me to believe is that this stock really could be range-bound until we get some clarity. We know it's a product-driven story, and as people get excited about what comes in the second half of the year, we have a chart here of implied volatility, the price of options in Apple. They're pretty high um, at about 30% here. Hopefully, they can bring that up. Um, and that could provide an opportunity for long holders to sell some options premium against their long holding here. Look at that. That's a two-year chart. That will come in, especially if the stock doesn't move a whole heck of a lot. Lastly, I have a one-year chart, and maybe Carter can talk to this when I'm done, but I think the range is, is pretty well identified. The panic low in February was 150 at a big intraday reversal there, and there was numerous times over the last uh, few months where that stock got rejected at 180. So one of the things that I would do with the stock today closing at 163, I'd look out to June expiration and do something called selling a strangle. What am I doing here? I'm selling one out-of-the-money call against a long stock position, and I'm selling one out of the money put against a long stock position. So I'm basically doing an overwrite, but I'm also adding a little more risk by selling a downside put. So today, here's the trade, and I'll talk about how you can make money in this trade. The stock was trading at 163. You could sell the June 150, 180 strangle at $3. That's selling one of the June 180 calls at $1, selling one of the June uh, 150 puts at $2. That is $3 in premium. That gives you a $3 buffer to the downside. On the upside, you could make up to 
163 up to 180, your stock would be called away, but effectively at 183 because you have that $3 in premium you took in. On the downside, you have a $3 buffer to the downside, like I just said. But then down from 160 down to 150, you have losses. And then the worst case scenario, the stock is 150 or lower on June expiration, you would be put 100 shares per one contract that you are short. So you're adding risk to this trade if the stock is below 150, but between 150 and 180, you could make $3 in addition to your stock. It could act as a buffer or could act as yield. Yeah, I mean, on the yield side, think about this. You're going to be collecting approximately 2% of the current stock price in less than two months. That's obviously, if you could collect 1% per month, that's a great rate of return, I think, in almost any market. I think also that if you happen to own the stock, you would absolutely have to have it in your mind that you would consider selling it up around that 183 level. I do think that the upside potential here actually is pretty pretty limited in this stock. And that's one of the reasons, maybe for the first time ever in a strangle, I would say I would actually, I'm not advocating this, but I'd be personally comfortable selling that 180 call outright. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't be uncomfortable being short Apple at those levels. I mean, those highs, I think. What about the are, put side, though, Mike? Because this is a really important part about a strangle. When you're selling a downside put, you better be ready to so buy a, more stock really, down at 150. That's a really good point. So if I didn't own the stock, I'd probably be more comfortable than I would be with the notion that I would add more stock to an existing position right here, because I really do think the upside is limited. I mean, obviously, you have wearables and you have good growth in services, and those things could create a buffer. Besides which, you have that huge cash hoard. We know that they're going to deploy enough of it, you're not going to see shrinking EPS. But, you know, I, I don't really see a whole lot of upside for Apple here. I mean, you've set the goalposts, right? I mean, that's, that's the key. Do you like my goalposts? Yeah, the good goalposts, okay. right? I mean, the issue is this, that the, 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 it's just people are pretty bared up on this name. And the expectation would be that it's going to maybe fade if it's good, the way the big names fade today. Or you get a Facebook-type throwback. But either of those scenarios, you're still within your goalposts. Yeah. And that's really that's the wisdom of the trade. Um, last week, we did a similar thing on energy. Sometimes you don't have to be directional. You can bet that something's just going to be dormant, volatile, but dormant. Now let's move to Tesla, also out with earnings next week. It has been a wild ride for that stock. Shares are down 25% from the September high, but managed to rally 20% since hitting a low earlier this month. Chartmaster says there could be more pain ahead. So, Carter, why don't you go over to the plaza and show us. Let's look. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's figure it out. So the chart here is from lows uh, in a period, essentially, from 2011, you have a 10-bagger, basically trading at 30 and went as high as uh, high 300s. And this is the, the sort of the re-rating of the security. I think it was about a $5 billion stock, and some believe, some didn't. And then to get up to this kind of cap, and really ever since, for the better part of three years, the debate is on. Is this real, isn't it? They sell two cars, they sell four. Maybe it's overpriced. Maybe it's not about the price. It's just, is it here to stay? And you just have to believe in the dream and wait. But either way, that's the issue here, is that after breaking out, we've fallen back into the range. And so sometimes you get a little below the range, sometimes you get a little above, but essentially it's the range that matters. And so let's drill down a little bit and try to focus really specifically. So here's the overshoot, and here we are now back in the range. Now, to my eye, we have more risk of working sort of lower into the range than we do recovering quickly and making new highs. Let's sort of shrink it even more and go to the here and now. So this is the past year. We know well-defined lows at a common level from which it broke on heavy volume. Let's put in the line. Very precise lows from which it broke and then is now thrown back right to the level where you have all of this supply 
unhappy shareholders who took a bad hit who now have the chance to be made whole. So you're encountering a level where you're likely to do a lot of backing and filling or hitting your head and backing away. And that's, I think that's the better bet. So it's sideways or down. But I think eliminating uh, the chance that it's up. Here's another way to draw the lines. Here's our level from which we broke. But the key is a big moment uh, coming. If you think it's up, that's a fair bet. My guess is that it's down or sideways. So negative on the stock. Mike, how are you trading? Yeah, so this thing's implying about a 7% move on earnings. I'm making the bet that this is going to be to the downside. Uh, the trade that I put on was I bought the May 280 puts. About the close today, you could trade those for about 13 and a half bucks, and then you could sell the 250s, sell two of those for 550 each. So net, net, you're spending $2.50. Now, I actually am in this trade at a slightly higher level because the trade actually, because Tesla actually performed pretty well into the close. So I put this thing on when the stock was a little bit lower. It was probably trading just over 280 at the time. But, you know, the objective here is to spend as close to zero on this trade as you possibly can. I think a combination of short interest, and we've seen this on pullbacks in Tesla in the past, that regardless of the fundamental case that you make, that, you know, the thing should be substantially lower. There is a fundamentally, there is a bid for the stock at lower levels. And that's the reason why I'm comfortable selling two puts for every one that I buy. Uh, and, you know, admittedly, I've been punched in the nose once or twice on my short bets here. I'm hoping that doesn't happen again. But uh, this is usually the levels that I'm looking at. 280 to 250 has been the put spreads that I've typically been long, sometimes one by two, sometimes one by one. Right now, it's one by two going So, Mike, with a one by two, obviously, you run the risk, just like on that short strangle, of being put the stock at a much lower level. And the one thing I'd say about a Tesla is you really do, is there, like, some sort of tape bomb lurking? It seems like there's a certain sort of premium that's coming out, the, the, the must premium. Fair, is okay. kind of seeping out over the last six months. It won't take you much below that range. Yes, yeah. that would hurt on a day-to-day, week-to-week. But the range is kind of set, right? To have something that no one believed in, to really have a 10-bagger, and then to be in a new range, you typically stay there a long time. Let's think about what that level would be, okay? So if I get put the stock, net of the money I'm going to make on the way down between 280 and 250, I'm going to own the stock at around $220. That's a pretty yeah. steep discount from the 300 we're talking about now. And we are talking about May options, all right? So these are options that expire in less than a month. So for it to move, say, $100 down in less than a month would be an incredible move. And I, I, I mean, that I'm not expecting. Uh, I certainly don't hope that happens, but um, you know, that would be the downside. Are, are you worried that if it gets to 220 or 200, that, that that means the stock is really broken, that there's really something wrong and you wouldn't want to be put that stock? Well, it's interesting. You know, over the last five years or so, I think it's had peak to trough declines, about 30, 35 percent in mm -hmm. each year. But then it's always gone and made like new highs. It just feels a little different this time. It feels heavier, um, especially as the market is grinding a little higher. It feels well, like something these... did come off on very heavy volume. Yeah. Like you're talking about trades four or five million. It was dropping on 40 million share daily. Yeah. It made that plunge just a couple weeks ago. And if it does go down to those levels also, if you think that they were going to do a secondary, they're going to have to raise money. And if that was the way they were going to do it, then I think that actually could press the stock even further. Typically, it has traded up when they've announced secondaries. Great valuations for it, so it hasn't been diluted. But if it fell that level and they had to raise a lot of money, that could be a big problem. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, check out our super cool newsletter. It's sure to blow your mind. Just ask Dan. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. Options traders are expecting a big move when Square reports next week. We'll tell you in which direction. Calling all Options Action fans. Got a market question on this big sell-off? Tweet us at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
Welcome back to Options Action. Payment stocks pumping up this year. Square surging 37%. MasterCard and Visa both up more than 10%. PayPal lagging the group up just 1% this year, but still outperforming the broader market. And the space could see a huge move next week when Square and MasterCard report. Dom Chu's breaking it down from the newsroom. Dom. Well, Melissa, the sound of a credit card swipe or maybe a wireless payment transaction isn't as ear-catching as maybe the ringing of a register, but that does not mean they're any less noticeable for traders, especially as of late. Now, we've already gotten results from the likes of Visa and PayPal. Visa stock, of course, hit an all-time high yesterday on the heels of its earnings report. Now we're watching for Square earnings on Wednesday and then MasterCard earnings on Thursday. MasterCard did hit its own record high back in around mid-March. We're around 4% below those levels at, at this point. It's Square that could really be the most exciting out of the entire bunch just due to the anticipated volatility around the stock. Over the last year, it's gone from around 18 bucks to as high as 58 plus. A good part of that had to do with maybe some optimism over Square's decision to get more into the cryptocurrency side of things. But that also means price volatility in crypto has been a contributor to the downside price action in Square. It's already 18% or so below its record high. And Melissa, the options market already expecting some fireworks. Prices right now imply what could be an 8% move possibly up or down post earnings. That could be a $1.5 billion swing in market value if it comes to pass. Back over to you guys. Thank you, Dom. Dom Chu in the newsroom. Well, Square is up 37% this year, but still down around 18% from its high. So with earnings next week, how should you play the stock? Mike's over at the Plasma 4. Another call to action. Mike. All right, so we're going to take a look at call calendar in Square right now. And, you know, if you think about trading in the markets, what, what do we like to do? We want to sell high, buy low. That's what we're going to try to do with our call calendar. Because of the upcoming earnings, those near-dated options have gotten quite expensive. So this is an opportunity to sell some expensive options, to help hedge and take advantage of the fact that they're not as expensive. We're going to buy lower uh, implied volatility, longer-dated options. And the nice thing about this, this is a way to play for a range-bound action that's going to be less than that 8% implied move without getting naked short up or down. So we're actually taking limited risk going into a catalyst. So taking a look here, we can see, obviously, the thing has had a, quite a wild ride. Actually, we had some sense that over in this area here that the stock might continue to rally a little bit higher. We were clearly wrong about that. But I think in general, and we've seen this from a lot of stocks that have been announcing earnings, it might not be unreasonable to think that the upside might be a little bit limited here. So that's the reason we're willing to do this trade. Specifically, I was looking out to July. You could buy these 48 strike calls for $4.50. You could sell the nearer dated maze against it for $2.90. That's a net debit of just $1.60. Now, once May rolls off, you'll be long those other calls, and you're going to see profits above $49.60 if you hang on to that trade. And let's think about one of the other reasons why you might want to do something like this, especially if you're inclined to make a longer dated bullish bet and you don't want to lay out all that premium. By reducing the cost, you improve your odds of success significantly because the chances that it gets to that first break even of 50 are much better than if it gets up to the 55 level, which is where it would have to be if you didn't sell those calls. Obviously, if getting up to 60 or more, the chances of that happening are relatively low. 
What do you think of Mike's trade, Dan? All right, so last week Mike did a put calendar, and I didn't agree with the reason and why he was doing it, but this time around he's actually targeting an event, and he's targeting for the same reasons he was targeting last year because of the differential in option prices, but this time he's using it as a catalyst because he actually wants to get long those longer-dated calls, correct? Right? Mm -hmm. So you're looking to finance them. That's how I use call and calendar. So if you lose, use Intel as an example today, Great earnings, gapped up 5%, closed down on the day. The fact that Mike is targeting May options, targeting this earnings event next week, he's really playing for a consolidation, hoping that those Mays lose all that value, and he's helped finance that longer-dated July call. To me, I love that trade idea, and I also like a long bias in Square with the notion that I do think it could consolidate within this range that Mike's uh, identified. And that's the long buy. That's the key to it, right? I mean, this seems to be normal resting versus... I think the best pair of trade in the market is to be short PayPal. PayPal has all the deterioration of a top, whereas Visa's continued. And that's the, that's the closest comp in a way. Visa and MasterCard are on their own. Um, I think Square goes higher, and I would play it against a short in PayPal. You know, the, in general, when you're trying to use options on names like this, and it's tempting to want to do that because they move around so sharply, you have to be very careful because when implied volatilities are high, especially like they are right now, going into this catalyst, you could end up shelling out a great deal of premium. Think about where we're selling those shorter dated options. Those are more than the long date, the difference between the Mays and the Julys. So that's, you know, you've got two months of basically optionality uh, in there, and I think you're getting it at $1.60. That's a very reasonable level. Still ahead, Alphabet, the only FANG stock down since reporting earnings, and one of the traders says there could be more pain ahead. He will tell us what has him so nervous. Plus, got a question for one of the traders. Send us a tweet to add options action. If it's not rude or lace with profanities, we might read it later in the show. We are live at the NASDAQ market site in New York City's Times Square. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take a look back at our, excuse me, some of our open trades. Last week, Dan said Alphabet was in trouble ahead of its earnings report. But to me, this is a massive technical level of 1,000. It's been battling with it for the past year. It broke out late last year. It's bounced off that level a couple times now. I think the rally into Monday night gives you a little bit of an opportunity. Look out to May expiration, the 10 80 puts were offered at $39. Uh, those break even down at 1041, which is well within that implied move. Well, Dan was right. Shares of Alphabet sinking more than 5% since the time of the trade. So how are you managing that trade, Dan? Yeah, so it didn't get to 1,000. It did get a little lower. It's bounced a little bit here. So to me, I do think there's going to be an opportunity um, for this thing to retest uh, 1,000. I mean, the, uh, just, just listen to the tape. This is a massive technical that's like music to the ears. Yeah. And what happened? Heavy volume drop and gap. Traded six million instead of two. Much more. Dense. Yeah, but the reason why I focused on that it was a fundamental reason, and they actually came through with that. Expenses were higher, operating margins were lower, and that's why I think you're gonna have an opportunity for lower lows. But right now, you know, this is one we tweeted out day of. Um, you got to kind of take the profit. It was a short dated one. It was options got really pumped that day, and then premium came out after the event. So to me, you roll this view out. You take the profit. All right. Also last week, Mike said Boeing could hit some turbulence on its report. Boeing has been on an absolute tear over the past year. We have obviously seen it sort of start to level off here and even start to trend downwards a little bit. I think a lot of people also felt that the valuation might be getting a bit ahead of itself. I was looking out to June. You could sell the 350 calls for $9.75, collecting a nice bit of premium in there. But obviously, to limit our risk, we're going to buy the 355s. For 805, creating our call spread.
Well, the company beat, but the stock came under pressure. So, Mike, how are you managing yeah, this? Yeah, I think I'm going to stay in this trade. I mean, the operating results were great, but we kind of expected that. The market expected it. Take a look at the valuation metrics. It was trading at about a 20% premium to its long-term average. And so I, I think we stay on the short side. That's here. right. I mean, to not move higher on numbers like that, that's negative price action, stay. You know, we've seen a lot of this in the markets. Yeah, we talked about the XLI also last yeah. week. Mm -hmm. That thing was a disaster. I think the, the damage that was done in that space, this just this week alone, we saw Lockheed, we saw Triple M, we saw Boeing not rally. Um, to me, there was just a lot of bad price action. And a few weeks ago, we did a short on the XLI, and I think you stay with that one. I think For you're sure. Price action is really the issue, and it's always the issue when you're buying or selling securities. It's not the company, folks. Boeing's a great company, yeah. and they're doing great from an operating perspective. And the key is but that the price is they all good. roll, and the defense contracts was held up perfectly are finally succumbing as well. Up next, your tweets and the final call from the options pits. Welcome back. Time to take some tweets. Our first fan, Alex, asks, after watching your crypto specials, many bought puts in Longfin, which is now halted. What happens at expiration? That's a good question, Mike. Yeah, so this is a little bit of a tricky situation. So first of all, if the stock price is below your strike price, puts are usually automatically exercised. And actually, in this case, if you own them, you might want to reach out to your broker and make sure that they are exercised. The issue is going to be, though, taking delivery of the shares or making delivery. That's going to be the problem. All right. Um, Final call from the options pits. Our time has expired amazingly. Carter Braxton Worth, what do you say? I want to take some money out of Tesla and put it in Bitcoin. For Tesla, I put on the May 280, 250, one by two put spread. Dan? Uh, yeah, Apple, I think long holders, you sell options, you take in some yields. All right, looks like our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee for more Options Action. Check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. See you back here next Friday. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.